Frequency Radio Network and simulcasting on Spreaker. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It's Thursday, December 8th, 2022. And uh, yesterday was the 81st anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. Just wanted to make sure we mention that and don't forget about these things. More stuff that the government has done to us uh, without our knowledge over the years false flags to get us into wars and get more people dead and all that kind of stuff and further gain more control on us and everything else that was just one more thing a day that will live in infamy anyway uh, it is what it is but we need to make sure people are aware that that was not a sneak attack we knew it was coming Anyway, this program is meant to provide natural healing information and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. I search for and present to my listeners natural modalities that simply assist and augment the body's ability to heal itself. The body wants to fix itself. The body knows how to fix itself. It has a God-given innate ability to do so. The only thing that's missing is the raw materials, and when you put those back into the mix, stand back and wait to be amazed because your body's going to do some really cool stuff. Then visit my website at yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R-D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. There's all kinds of information there. All the products we talk about are there, including the new iTeraCare device, which is featured prominently at the top of the homepage. And there's all kinds of information about that. There's a little video that gives you a quick uh, rundown about what it does. And then... There's also a link to my YouTube playlist that has over 90 videos that talk about the technology, how it's used, and testimonials from people all over the world that have had nothing short of miraculous results. And also, there's downloadable flyers and brochures uh, and a link to the uh, dedicated website just for the device, and that's where you can place an order if you just so desire. Keep in mind that we've got a special going on for the holidays, probably for the next week, week and a half, I'm assuming if we if we're lucky it'll last that long, but you buy one uh, classic wand for three hundred and fifty dollars, and you can get a second for only one fifty. So that saves you two hundred dollars off the price of two wands, and that way you have one for yourself, and you have one to give as a Christmas gift or whatever the case might be, or if you're going to start the home-based business opportunity, uh, then you have one for yourself and one to use as a loaner or a demo unit, and uh, a lot of people are doing that. Because a lot of people are realizing that they need some sort of uh, additional source of income. And uh, I've never seen a better program than this one in my 40-plus years of network marketing. And I'll tell you what, they got a solid company, a solid product, and a solid compensation plan. And those are the three things that you really, really, really want to have when you're dealing with a home-based business. And... uh, 
pardon me, but uh, turns out that the cat has found herself in my studio, locked in until the bottom of the hour break. So we may hear a little meowing in the background. I apologize for that. But uh, she tends to be very vocal when uh, she wants something. Um, (laughs) And there you have it. But anyway, keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on this show are those of the host and or guests and don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Truth Frequency Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say in this show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of a health or wealth issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only, so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping-off point to do your own research and due diligence so that you can make sure that what you're doing and what you're trying is right for you. Now, also, um, while you're on the website, I forgot about that, make sure that you uh, hit the radio shows tab. And uh, at the top of the page, you'll see the link to the archive page set up for the show, which has over 900 shows there now, and that's through castbox.fm. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do, when they're on, and how you listen. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show, as well as the Telegram channel. So uh, all those things are there, no charge for any of it, and just uh, have fun looking around, enjoy yourself, and share things with people so they can learn how to restore their health naturally as well. And uh, they will thank you for it. So let me just clear some things up here on the screen. And um, goodness gracious, I can't believe we're almost, well, almost a third of the way through December already. Man, cruising right along. Good to see Nick in the chat room this morning, along with Alan and uh, Gentle Legend. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, that's great. Uh, welcome. Hope everything's going okay. And uh, let's see here. <laughs> I like this. I, I, I feel a meme coming on. Uh, don't shed on me. The COVID injected are a health threat to the uninjected, warns Dr. Peter McCullough. And I've been saying that for quite some time. You know, all these uh, idiots running around getting stabbed with this stuff, and they think they're at risk from the unvexed. You know, like that moron that's uh, currently allegedly occupying the White House. You know, this is a vaccine or a uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated. (laughs) Oh, you know, this thing would have been over in no time at all if people would have just listened to me (laughs) and said no to all the stupid stuff they were doing. No to the jabs. No to the socialist distancing. No to the face diapers and just gone about your life. This would have been nothing but a. Uh, bad memory in a couple of months' time. But instead, we have the gift that keeps on giving because of Fauci flu shots and all the rest of this garbage that's going on. And uh, more and more coming out every day. It's, uh, is it possible? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about that. Didn't have my hand on the cough button. Is it possible as an unject, uninjected person to become contaminated with COVID chemicals through exposure to others who have been jabbed? The answer is yes, according to Dr. Peter McCullough and uh, a whole lot of other medical professionals like Sherry Tenpenny. Um, Oh, goodness. uh, And the list goes on and on and on. But anyway, in a recent interview with the Action Canada's Tanya Gaw, McCullough discussed the risks that COVID-injected people pose to the uninjected. In a nutshell, he likened the situation to non-smokers inhaling the secondhand smoke of smokers. 
citing a paper recently published in the TMR journal, Infectious Diseases Research, McCullough shared details about how messenger RNA can transfer from the fully jabbed to the unjabbed since these chemicals persist in the blood for at least two weeks and probably much longer post-injection. Another recent study uh, published uh, found that the mRNA uh, remains in the lymph nodes of the fully jabbed for months, which further backs McCullough's claims. There is also another recent medical study that McCullough called the most disturbing that shows mRNA poisons can transfer from breast milk to babies. And that's a no-brainer. You know, I've been saying that for as long as these things have been out. And we're seeing proof of that. It seems the body can't clear it. Well, it can. And this is where this show comes in. I've been saying all along that the body can't do take out the trash, and this has been proven, unless you give it what it needs to remain healthy. And this started back years ago with Dr. Uh, Peter Glidden, when he was uh, he was one of the first naturopathic physicians to utilize uh, EDTA chelation, which is a uh, process of putting uh, certain uh, EDTA, which is a it's a chemical that bonds to heavy metals. He does an IV with that stuff, puts it into the body of a person who's tested for high for um, heavy metals toxicity, and that stuff binds to it, and it's eliminated from the body. And then when he got on board with Dr. Wallach and Longevity, he started utilizing the 90 essential nutrients and found that, lo and behold, when you put the nutrition back into the body, you don't have to do things like EDTA chelation. All of a sudden, the body now has the ability to take out the trash all by itself. And that's what he found. He started bringing in when he'd get a new um, uh, patient that had uh, heavy metal toxicity. He'd test him. He'd put him on a 90-day regimen of the uh, essential nutrients and test him again at the end of 90 days. And most of the time, that situation cleared up and they were no longer heavy metal toxic. And we're seeing the same thing with the Iteracare wands. The best, ultimate best situation, do both. Do the 90 essential nutrients, preferably, uh, preferably um, for your body weight, and do the Iteracare wand every single day like clockwork. And both of those things together will help the body eliminate anything that's in it that doesn't belong there. And we are seeing that now with people who have been damaged by these COVID jabs. I have a video on my uh, website and on my Telegram channel, on my YouTube playlist that, uh, excuse me, not on the website, but on the YouTube playlist and on the Telegram channel that shows uh, two people, a gentleman by the name of Kevin Street in Canada and a young lady here in Ohio by the name of Stacy Marie, who both were severely damaged by the toxic bioweapon COVID jabs. And one person was nice enough to uh, gift a wand to Kevin Street. And within three days, he was able to walk again. And he had been in a wheelchair. And when he was walking you know, upright and trying to walk, every step had to be planned uh, like clockwork or he'd fall over. And in three days, he was able to go up and down stairs without holding the handrail. And uh, just unbelievable change and improvement and he's not 100 percent, but he's definitely recovered considerably 
uh, now that he's able to um, get his uh, get things going. And uh, Stacy Marie was so despondent from the pain and all the stuff that she was going through. She literally had a gun in her mouth ready to take her own life. The only thing that stopped her was the thought of her son and a couple of friends and family. And uh, thank goodness she didn't do it. And a week later, she saw Kevin's uh, testimony on Facebook, immediately ordered one of these wands, and in no time at all was back to almost normal, at least to the point where she's functioning again. And uh, those kind of things are nothing short of miraculous, especially when you look at the situation where people take these jabs because they think they're doing the right thing. They have a massive negative uh reaction and then they go back to the same medical community that convinced them they were doing the right thing to take the jab and are told we can't do anything for you it's all in your head uh go see a psychiatrist and lose some weight that's exactly what stacy was told i mean i mean just pouring salt in the wound uh by a dump truck and uh, basically adding insult to injury and when you are feeling so sick and just, you know, that you can't function. And then you have the medical community saying, uh, too bad, so sad, sucks to be you. Uh, you can't, um, you know, it's all in your head. There's nothing wrong with you and uh, lose weight. <laughs> yeah. And you, you see nothing but a future for the rest of your life of doing the same thing that you're doing now every single day. I can understand why she was about ready to take her own life. You know, she couldn't bear to go forward thinking that this is what she had to look forward to for the rest of her life. And thank goodness someone found out and gave somebody one of these things. And I've made that same offer as long as I can. I don't know how long it is, but if, if you or someone you know has severe vaccine damage or bioweapon damage from the COVID jab, I'm not opening this up to everything else. Um, I can't do that, but if you know, or someone, you know, is damaged by the COVID jabs and have been told the same kind of things by the medical community, and you haven't got the ability to purchase one yourself, get in touch with me. And to the best of my ability, I will make sure that you get one. And, uh, that's all I can tell you, but please don't everybody who's got, you know, achy breaky hearts and you know uh, arthritis and all this other stuff please don't say please send me one i can't do that much as i would like to i just can't do that so this is strictly a specific thing because the other things do have you know, there are things out there to help you you know and it's nutritional it's natural you know you can do nutrition you can do these other things but when it comes to the uh, covid jabs I mean, number one, it's such a new thing. And number two, the medical community has absolutely nothing except insults <laughs> to give you. Um, this is something that uh, the Lord's just laid on my heart. I have to specify that that is the, the primary deciding factor. You know, don't reach out for free devices unless it's because you've got a vaccine injury and can document it. But uh, anyway... I will try and get you one if at all possible. So anyway, the um, let's continue on. But the key here is, you know, they have uh, 
been so concerned about this stuff passing on and they think you can't get rid of it because and like McCullough saying it seems the body can't clear it keep in mind this guy is a md he's a cardiologist he knows absolutely nothing about nutrition and the part that it plays in being the fuel that the body runs on and virtually everybody in the world if they're not on the 90 essential nutrients uh, you know appropriate for their body weight Everybody is nutrient deficient, and they are not healthy. They're just symptom-free. There is a big, big, big difference. When you put the nutrition back and when you give the uh, terahertz frequencies that come out of the, the um, iTeraCare wand, those things support the body. They support the cells in so many ways by uh, improving blood flow, lymph flow, helping uh, with detoxification, um, helping with so many different things that when you give those things to the body, the body takes them and uses them to fix itself. And that's basically what nutrition, that's basically what the Itericare ones do. They don't cure the, anything. They don't heal anything. They simply provide the body the raw materials it needs so that it can function properly and heal itself. So anyway, back to the article. Um, McCulloch, do mRNA poison stay in the body permanently? McCulloch thinks so. So why? Unless you have the stuff to make them go away. If an uninjected person gets close to an injected person, either through sexual activity or even just kissing, the so-called injection can transfer through this route as well. It is currently unknown how long an uninjected person should wait before engaging in this type of contact with an injected person. <laughs> I would say forever, personally. I don't want to be any, I'm not going to have any kind of close, you know, personal, physical connection with anyone who's had these jabs. In McCulloch's estimation, these poisons could remain for years or maybe even permanently, making the fully jabbed an infinite public health risk. This is very disturbing, McCulloch stated. Early on in the pandemic, McCulloch advised that the uninjected should wait at least a month before having contact with someone who got jabbed for the Fauci flu. Now he has bumped that up to 90 days or more. I would bump it up a lot higher than that. After each shot, mRNA accumulates even more with no ability for the body to get rid of it, McCulloch maintains. You know, I would say if you want to be around me, you need to be on the nutrition and the Iteracare constantly, consistently, giving your body the ability to rid itself of these toxins. It looks like they are permanently installed into the human genome through what we call reverse transcription. In other words, mRNA poisons reprogram human genes to turn a person, it seems, into a non-human automaton with strange foreign DNA. At best, mRNA turns the fully injected into fully transhuman beings that look human but have non-human genetic blueprints. Autopsies of deceased fully jabbed bodies show the presence of this altered genetic material throughout the vital organs. This, McCulloch says, is proof all on its own. So I can tell you everyone who's taken the jab has this material in their brain, their heart, their adrenal glands, reproductive organs. McCulloch said, it's really a terrible thought, but my heart goes out to anyone taking the jabs, he said. You can watch an interview between Gaw and McCulloch at the Rare Foundation website. And I'm going to put the link to this article in the chat room and on the Telegram channel. There we go.
and gotta make sure I'm on the right channel. <laughs> I have a routine every once in a while. I click the wrong or put in the wrong spot when I'm in the research and it goes to somebody else's thing. Then <laughs> I have to go in and delete it. Okay. Um, if, uh, if a war is to be fought, it is with this uh, new world order fascist system, wrote a commenter in response to McCulloch's claims and revelations. They are already at war with us. This is just the start of the beginning of sorrows, Jesus promised or prophesied in Matthew 24, 8, wrote another pointing to the Holy Scriptures for guidance about what comes next. Much more is on the way in the form of continued pestilence, war, famine, and natural disasters. What makes these different than in past sorrows is the intensity and frequency. Then to stop the mass, this mass death, there will be enforced false worship worldwide. Matthew 20, 24, 19, 11, and Revelation 13, 11, 8 through 18. This last counsel and warning is found in Revelation 14, 6 through 12. And uh, I encourage people to get into the Word, read the Bible, find out what uh, it has to say. It's more up-to-date than tomorrow's newspaper. And I'll tell you what, there's some crazy things coming. And uh, we're just looking at the tip of the syringe, so to speak. And then on top of that, with everything else, we got rail strikes with crippling already teetering U.S. economy. And uh, that is a big situation. On my afternoon show yesterday, I had some people on who are you know, have friends and family directly involved with this potential rail strike. And it's getting ugly. You know, you know, railroad workers don't get paid health, uh, sick days. They have to take, they take vacation time and they got to plan for it 30 days in advance. When's the last time you got sick and you knew uh, knew about it 30 days ahead of time so you could plan for it? <laughs> That's the kind of insanity that these poor guys are fighting. As if the U.S. economy wasn't already on the brink of uh, brink, thanks to policies and over overspending brought to us by the Democratic controlled Congress and Uncle uh, Poopy Pants Joe Biden, a rail strike is now pending. And if it actually occurs, the economy will fall off the deep end. Almost everything travels to market by rail, and the industry was already experiencing additional costs thanks to skyrocketing diesel prices brought on by Biden's war on fossil fuels, which he blames on Putin, of course. But now rail workers are pressing for more benefits as well, and they are ready to walk off their jobs if they don't get them, reports say. NBC News explains what is going on, and yeah, like you can believe those schmucks. Railway workers would go on strike shortly after midnight, December 9th, which is tomorrow, if a deal isn't reached before then. Biden is urging Congress to intervene, which they have no, con you know, no constitutional authority to do. <laughs> but that doesn't stop the demon rats. Without congressional intervention and with talks between workers and railway operators seemingly at a standstill, companies across the economy are bracing for a complete shutdown of freight and passenger railway systems. With a shortage of truck drivers, companies wouldn't be able to shift their shipments, sta uh, stranding a vast majority of goods. Just now, uh, or just how damaging a strike would be to the economy would depend on its length. But a, strength, a strike even a few days could uh, lead to a cascade of events that could disrupt supply chains for weeks, industry officials warn. 
The White House project projects that as many as uh, 765,000 people could be put out of work in the first two weeks. Businesses integral to our normal day-to-day life, like food and fuel manufacturers, will feel the impact immediately and will quickly trickle down to consumers, Jeffrey Hausman, the chief product officer at the supply chain management firm Samsara, told the outlet. NBC News noted further that a rail strike would also endanger entire communities, affecting the ability for millions to continue having access to clean drinking water. Municipal water treatment facilities utilize chlorine and other chemicals to ensure water is safe by the time it comes out of the tap. A stoppage in rail transport would mean those same cities would no longer get reliable shipments of those chemicals, thereby limiting and even preventing those cities from producing clean water. Millions of people would be affected. A stoppage of rail service in the United States would have a catastrophic effect on the ability of water utilities uh, to treat drinking water and wastewater and to perform other water treatment services. Trade groups representing the water sector said in a letter to the White House this month, this would uh, present a significant threat to human health and to the health of the environment. Naturally, the country's food supply would be negatively affected too, Roughly 25% of all grain travels by rail, and food uh, producers ship 1.2 billion carloads a year of grain products such as flour, soybean oil, meal, distiller's grain, and ethanol, according to the National Grain and Feed Association, NBC News reported. So right off the bat, our country's supply of food and water could be cut, which will lead to food and water riots as Americans go on the hunt for sustenance. Yeah. Michael Seifert, the president and CEO of the National Grain and Feed Association, said on a phone call with the reporters, we can't have our exports dropping due to a rail strike, or exports, excuse me. And we also have a number of areas in the country where livestock producers have to ship their feed via rail, not to mention livestock themselves are shipped via rail a lot of the time. He added that feed Pharmaceutical drug guys just can't get enough They don't care if you live or you die Long as they get their piece of pie Mmm, my, my, my They convinced you it's the right drug for you But they didn't tell you what your liver goes through And just because some MD said jump body became a toxic and welcome back to the second segment of today's edition of your diy health on the uh, tfr and spreaker radio networks and uh, this show is known for letting the cat out of the bag but also i let the cat out of the um, studio <laughs> so we won't have any more meowing uh, in the background 
But anyway, let me finish up that article we were covering before the break. It says Michael Seifert, the president and CEO of the National Grain and Feed Association, said on a phone call with reporters, we can't have our exports dropping due to a rail strike. And we also have a number of areas of the country where livestock producers have to ship their feed via rail as well. He added it's really the only way we can get it. And uh, so we, we'd have a severe shortage of feed in a very rapid uh, period of time. If this is not resolved quickly, fertilizer manufacturing would have to be curtailed, added Corey Rosenbush, the president of the uh, Fertilizer Institute, on a uh, call with reporters. This would be absolutely devastating for fertilizer distribution, as most of that goes by rail, too. Well, president Poopy Pants has since signed into legislation, aver- uh, signed on to legislation averting a rail strike for now, but rail workers are still not happy, and it's entirely possible that a new strike threat will emerge soon. We'll be monitoring the situation. Yeah, and the thing is, they're only asking for basic stuff, and the problem they've run into is since the COVID jab crap started, you know, they are working on extremely uh, reduced staffs. And on top of that, the operators are trying to make freight trains a single-person operation. They want the engineer only. No conductors, no uh, linemen, no nothing, which is absolute insanity. If there's a problem and all you have is the engineer on the train, um, it's going to be a mess. So um, it's one of those things. There's so many things that are going on, and um, they're just asking for basic things that virtually everybody else has like paid sick leave and that kind of stuff. Uh, But people are getting hassled if they, if they uh, get sick, they call in and um, they're actually hassled with and and basically uh, threatened with disciplinary action. If they don't come to work sick or not, it's insane. And uh, my heart goes out to the rail workers. These guys are, you know, moving products constantly and they're working many, many hours. Many of them don't have but one day a, week, a month off uh, with family, if they're lucky. That can't go on. It's not, as they say, sustainable. But anyway, um, keep the rail workers in your prayers. Man. Ugh. Top four most insidious slogans that trick consumers into using toxic products, including personal care items, food, and medicine. Oh, this ought to be good. (laughs) Uh, Let's see here. Oh, yeah. It's a shame the FDA doesn't protect consumers by investigating questionable claims of product makers and distributors, especially ones that claim the exact opposite of what they do. Well, that's what the FDA's job is, is to protect the people that are poisoning the Americans. In other words, the world's most deadly and dangerous products are claiming they are safe, healthy, and effective. Oh, I can't think of anything that would be like that. Well, wait a minute. Uh, What about hmm, COVID jabs? (laughs) They're safe and effective to this day. All these lying SOBs at the CDC, which is, you know, stands for the COVID death cult, um, the White House, um, which is stained forever with uh, old poopy pants, and, and many others, you know, Congress, they're all sitting there saying these jobs are safe and effective. You know, there are they're still running commercials on TV. You need to get your bivalent flu flash, you know, uh, slash Fauci flu shot, everything, even though there's tons and tons and tons of scientific proof 
that just the opposite is true. Anyway, uh, let's see here. This is not just ironic, but unethical, misleading, and should be illegal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, you know, you know, truth in advertising, where'd that uh, term go? Anyway, this goes for fluoride, vaccines, canola oil, dairy products, which are some of the most uh, consumed products in America. Fluoride and the insidious lie perpetuated in the United States since World War II. Fluoride, a drug and a byproduct of the phosphate mining industry, goes completely unchecked, unregulated, and, uh, and dispensed in the municipal water across the United States. Yeah, it's a toxic byproduct that they'd have to pay millions of dollars to get rid of safely. So what do they do? They promote it as something that's good for your teeth, and we put it in municipal water supply so everybody drinks it. <laughs> and that goes on all the time. Any child, teen, or adult can drink as much water as they want, ingesting this chemical-based additive that causes cancer, brittle bones, and weakening of teeth enamel. That's right, folks, weakening, not strengthening. There are natural ways to help remove toxic fluoride from your body. Yeah, if you give your body what it needs, it can get rid of all the garbage. Sodium fluoride is horrible for teeth, bones, cle uh, cleansing organs, and the pineal gland. Want to calcify yourself while still living? Drink lots of tap water and use fluorinated, to uh, fluoridated toothpaste. Fluoride is known as a known car carcinogen that the United States imports from China's industrial waste factories and then medically drips into our drinking water. Ain't that just wonderful? Vaccines, including the gene mutation therapy stabs for Wuhan coronavirus, are far from safe and has scientifically been proven not to be effective in warding off COVID or the flu or keeping people from transmitting it once they catch it or keeping people from getting a bad case of it. It's all been a farce, a lie, a sales pitch, propaganda. In fact, vaccines, thank, uh, thanks to the Fauci flu jabs, are also responsible for more injuries and deaths per year than opioids, guns, and vehicle crashes combined. What a sad state of affairs for this scamdemic front. And that's the thing. We're looking at somewhere between 20 and 50 million people dead from these jabs worldwide. That's amazing. And there's no end in sight. They just keep pushing them. Yeah, they're safe and effective. Make sure you get all your boosters. <laughs> and generally done public, oh, should I use the same arm as last time or should I use the other one? Oh, should I put it between my toes? <laughs> what a bunch of, you know, they don't call them the generally done public for nothing or Bubis Americanus. Anyway, then there's canola oil, which coagulates inside the body, causing all kinds of health mayhem that's very near, uh, tough to ever undo. Canola oil is the margarine of yesteryear. According to research, canola oil makes animals obese and dumb and fast. <laughs> yeah, not just animals. <laughs> oh, boy. According to uh, research conducted with mice, just two tablespoons of canola oil daily can cause rapid weight gain and severe progression of Alzheimer's disease. Let that sink in for a moment. Canola oil is in almost everything processed. Just take a look at the ingredients on the back of every product you pick up that's pre-packaged and mixed, like salad dressings, baked products, frozen meals, soups, chips, deli salad mixes, Oh, think potato salad, chicken salad, macaroni salad, and so on. 
And don't forget mayo. <laughs> Canola oil is the cheapest of all oils, so most restaurants use it for everything. That's why it's Canada's number one export to the United States, except the Canadians themselves don't eat it because they know better. <laughs> Thanks, Canada. Yeah, ship your trash down here. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and we take it. No, that's okay. We ship a lot of our trash up there, too. Uh, everything from the CDC and Fauci and who knows what else. The foremost, I guess, turnaround is fair play. The foremost insidious lying slogans that brainwash consumers into consuming and injecting toxic products. Number one, fluoride makes your teeth strong. It's just the opposite, as fluoride, fluoridated water can lead to the weakening of enamel, especially for children during stages of tooth development. Pile on that uh, most commercial toothpaste contains fluoride also, compounding the issue. Yeah, ever look at a tube of uh, fluoride toothpaste and it tells you, if you happen to swallow this stuff, call poison control immediately. There's why. <laughs> Number two, vaccines are always deemed safe and effective. Always. It's just the opposite. As the clot shots for COVID have proven to be experimental, dangerous, ineffective, and deadly. And... Trust me, they weren't any good before that either. There is no such thing as a safe vaccine, period. And nobody should ever take any of them, period. <laughs> I'm uh, reading a book right now called Goodbye Germ Theory. And let me bring up the actual book here so I can give you the whole title because it's a good one. Uh, and I highly recommend it. This thing is absolutely phenomenal. I'm just waiting for my Kindle app to open <laughs> I've got the actual um, hard copy, but it's downstairs in my uh, living room. Anyway, uh, goodbye germ theory, ending a century of medical fraud. And I'll tell you what, this thing is fantastic. It shoots down virtually every possible argument for vaccines, not to mention germ theory in general. And that's the thing. People don't realize because of TV and programming over the years that the germ theory is just that. It's an unproven theory. The belief that germs make you sick, that bacteria, viruses, all those little things running around um, make you sick. Believe it or not, and I've been looking into this for quite some time now, uh, believe it or not, there is has never been any scientific evidence, period, to prove that that theory is accurate. No proof whatsoever that you can be exposed to somebody who has the flu and you get the flu too. As a matter of fact, they have basically proven the theory to be false, trying to prove it was true. There have been umpteen things all over the world you know, one of the big ones was the so-called Spanish flu in 1918. The things that they did to try and pass that bug on or whatever you want to call it on to someone else, they would have people get face to face. The, the sick person would cough in the face of the healthy person. Um, they would be injecting their snot into the, the, the healthy people. Uh, just some of the most disgusting things you can think of, and none of the healthy people ever got sick. <laughs> they did the same thing with animals. 
they get a sick horse and they put a bag over its nose and when we cough and snort and everything into it, then they put it over the face of the uh, a healthy horse and the healthy horses never got sick. Try as they might to prove that you could pass the, the germs or whatever from one person to another and make a, a healthy person sick from the sputum blood and everything else, not saliva from the uh, sick person. They have never been able to, to do that once, period. And uh, one of the things that's really interesting uh, was in a uh, video uh, that was by a similar name. I think it was called Goodbye Germ Theory or something like that, or the end of the germ theory. They actually talk about two um, Russian uh, conjoined uh, twins, um, uh, Siamese twins. They were basically um, had, I think it was they were conjoined at the hips. They had up uh, separate torsos. But they came together at the waist and they had um, a functioning uh, shared circulatory system. And it was, I think their name was Masha and Sasha or something like that. But these two girls who were basically born as, you know, conjoined twins, sharing a, a common circulatory system. One kid was always sick and the other one was never sick. Now, you would think if they say this, you know, the, the blood was flowing from one to the other. If one was sick, you would think the other one got sick. They were never, ever, ever sick at the same time. Tell me how that would be possible if the flu, if the germ theory was real. <laughs> there is no way that could be. <laughs> and that's that's just one of the many things. That, uh, you know, if I can, if I can find that uh, clip during the next break, I'll see what I can do. But uh, it's absolutely amazing. But that's the thing. That's what this book deals with. It shoots down the so-called germ theory and talks more about the terrain theory, which is more taking care of your body, uh, avoiding the crap in the food, crap in the water, crap in the air, and consuming good foods, nutrition, and clean water, those kind of things. And basically, you know, a, a graphic that I post from time to time, you have two fish bowls with one little goldfish in each one. And the germ theory is the fish bowl is just the water's all cloudy and murky and dirty and everything. And it says vaccinate the fish. And on the other, the other one, the terrain theory, the water that the fish is in is nice and clean and crystal clear and all that kind of stuff. And it says, clean the fishbowl. <laughs> now, which one makes more sense? But anyway, I encourage you to get a copy of that book. Um, Goodbye Germ Theory, The End of 100 Years of Medical Fraud. It's not real expensive. Uh, you can get the Kindle version. But uh, personally, I started reading the Kindle and I said, hmm. I got to get the hard copy because I've had uh, books disappear off my Kindle in the past that were deemed not so uh, politically correct, I guess is the best way to put it. So when something like this comes along, I want a hard copy that I've got in my hands that they can't take. So anyway, um, the old canola oil is, uh, let's see, we were, we were talking about vaccines are always deemed safe and effective. It's just the opposite. The clot shots for COVID have proven the experimental dangerous, ineffective and deadly, but everything else before that was too. There's not a, you know, you talk to the, the medical community and they'll always tell you, 
oh, if it wasn't for vaccines, we all these diseases would be everywhere. Well, the fact is that every single disease that we have a vaccine for was almost totally gone before the fact vaccine was ever rolled out. And in most cases, the resurgence of the disease was as a result of the vaccines. So there is no truth whatsoever. Vaccine should be stopped completely. And the thing is, is when um, Jenner died, the guy that started the old stuff years ago, he basically disavowed everything he said the germ theory is bogus and you know it's more terrain theory <laughs> but you know too little too late that horse was way out of the barn number four milk it does a body good <laughs> just the opposite is processed homogenized milk can lead to excess mucus development and chronic inflammation not to mention that nearly all conventional dairy contains growth hormones and antibiotics buy raw milk instead yeah, if you have a source of raw milk, um, here in Ohio, there are people that have, um, they have cow co-ops, is the best way to put it. You are a, a part owner of a cow, and that's basically the only way you can actually get raw milk without being attacked viciously by, you know, all the regulators. Because supposedly it's illegal to sell raw milk on the open market, um, but if you own a cow, you can drink milk from your own cow. And that's basically what people will do is they'll have a farm, a dairy farm with uh, cattle or cows that are, um, you know, taken care of properly. They're not given all the hormones and antibiotics and all the other junk. They're grass fed with good grass that's not loaded with, you know, glyphosate and all the other junk. And then each cow has a certain number of co-owners. So you're guaranteed X number of, you know, so much of milk per week uh, from that cow. And that's one way of doing it. You know, that there's other things. Or if you happen to know an Amish farmer uh, who is trusting enough of you that they're willing to sell it to you. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a rat's patoot what the law says because the laws are all unconstitutional. You know, if you can get it, get it. You know, if you want milk, get it. You know, I love milk, unfortunately, and I know I shouldn't be. And that's where a lot of my uh, mucus comes from, I'm sure. <laughs> and I love uh, cream in my coffee. That's my one vice. Um, and, uh, but, you know, I'm kind of figuring out ways around that kind of stuff. But the, the answer is not things like almond milk or soy milk or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination. You either get raw milk or you don't get milk at all is the best way to put it. But anyway, that is the end of that one. Um, so <laughs> take it for what it's worth. Four most insidious slogans. Yeah. Nurse whistleblower, fetal deaths have skyrocketed since pregnant women start being forced to get the COVID jabs. No kidding. And that's a funny thing, and they probably bring it up here. Let's, let's see. A nurse whistleblower warned that fetal deaths dramatically increased after the rollout of the Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 injections for pregnant mothers. This is according to Michelle Gershman, a registered nurse who spoke with Dr. James Thorpe and members of the organization Children's Health Defense, Children's Health Defense regarding the connection between the COVID-19 jabs and fetal death. Thorpe, a veteran obstetrician gynecologist, uh, descri uh, described Gershman's testimony about how pregnant women were pushed into an experimental gene therapy program as the most egregious ethical disaster in the history of medicine. It's an unparalleled disaster. 
I don't understand how people just brush it off and pretend it's not a big deal, said Gershman. It's absolutely a big deal. I do truly believe that babies are given to us by God. They're meant uh, to bring us love and joy. And if something comes uh, between that and uh, trying to take your baby away, to me, it's absolutely evil. Gershman noted that more unborn babies began dying in her hospital right around the spring of 2021 when the COVID-19 jabs first started being distributed in the United States. I already noticed that the that this increase in fetal demises was happening, but no one was really saying anything about them, recalled Gershman. When I started working there, I would see one fatal fetal demise every two or three months. And then when these shots started coming out, we were starting to see them maybe once a week. That's a big increase. More women and infants started experiencing health complications following rollout of jabs. Gershman has uh, worked as a postpartum nurse since uh, November 2020, around the height of the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. She noted that the coronavirus did not appear to adversely affect infant mortality or cause any major health issues for most pregnant women. But starting in spring in 2021, when the COVID injections started becoming more widespread, Gershman started noticing all kinds of health complications pop up for pregnant women, most circulatory problems. These include women who still have high blood pressure and even, even after giving birth, and women experiencing blood clots and bursting of blood vessels in the eyes at far higher rates. Many babies who were born to injected women were unusually fatigued and their faces would come out discolored or even bruised. Many of these newborns had to spend some time in the hospital's neonatal intensive care unit due to having difficulty breathing. For months, administrators at Gershman's Hospital refused to address the issue. But by September 2022, a hospital manager finally emailed employees admitting that the number of fetal deaths went from one or two per month to at least 20 each month. Gershman noted that the sudden rise coincided with the distribution of the COVID-19 jabs. Unfortunately, rather than call for proper authorities or approaches on how to save the dying newborns, the hospital manager informed hospital staff to brush up on your policies in order to be able to handle a dead baby. <laughs> Good grief. I really think a lot of people are in a trance and they just don't want to admit that the injections could possibly be harming all these moms and babies, said Gershman. She noted that a lot of people either really do not know or are unwilling to recognize the connection between the COVID-19 jabs and the rise in reported uh, health complications in hospitals. She believes this is because so many of them are programmed to think that vaccines are good when they're not. Not to mention the fact that a lot of these people took these jabs to keep their jobs and they don't want to admit that their bodies are ticking time bombs. That's one of the things I'm thinking. And here's a, I guess, a little video. Let's see how we Nobody's been more accurate at predicting the fall of the vaccine, the disaster, the lack of transmission. We predicted it the day it was being released to humanity. Uh, and we've been right. How are we right? Because it wasn't just the COVID vaccine investigation. It was the vaccine of how all these vaccines were being um, uh, tested and put onto the market. Okay, I'm going to stop that there. That's Del Bigtree and Highwire. 
and I'll put the link uh, to this article in the chat room and on the Telegram channel. That video is an hour and five minutes long, so we're not going to be able to play it on the show today. But if you want to hear all that Dell has to say, which is not a bad idea, uh, you can go either to the Telegram channel or to the chat room and uh, get that link for yourself. And somehow my Telegram channel just switched on me. That's weird. There, we're back. So we are just about out of time. We're about a minute from the uh, top of the hour break. Now, we'll just say that uh, these jabs, you know, prior to this time, it has always been the standard practice throughout the medical community that in the pregnant women never get injected with vaccines ever. That's been the standard thing. Don't get the flu shot. Don't get anything. And all of a sudden, what do they do when they're rolling out this? The mass murder shots is what these things are. Everybody needs to get them, including the people that were never supposed to get them before. And why is that? Because, hey, pregnant women, yeah, that's you kill one of them. That's two for the price of one. That's a double whammy. Kill two birds with one stone, so to speak, or two humans with one jab. And that's what this thing is all about, is reduction of the population. Listen to Bill Gates. He'll tell you right out of you know, the horse's mouth. So stick with us. We'll be back in three minutes at the top of the hour with more Your DIY Health. Be right back. the second uh, hour of today's edition of your diy health here on the truth frequency radio network and simulcasting on spreaker and during the break i was digging around trying to find that video that had uh, talking about sasha and masha and unfortunately it's a over two hour long video and trying to scroll through and find the picture that you know the area where it talks about them was next to impossible <laughs> but um it's uh the video is called the end of the germ theory and you can find it on um i believe it's on both bit and rumble you will not find it on <laughs> on youtube um it's put out by uh, space busters and is an excellent i mean it covers everything dealing with the uh, alleged germ theory and the fact that it's pretty much bs and uh, one of the things in there is just a little section where they talk about Sasha and Masha. Uh, again, they were conjoined twins who shared a uh, common circulatory system where, you know, one was always 
healthy and the other one seemed to be sick all the time. And if if it was because of germs, then there's no way that um, one would be sick and one would be healthy. They'd both be sick constantly. But that was not the case. And there's no explanation for it, you know, using the germ theory. Anyway, I was hoping to find that, but unfortunately, uh, so far I haven't come across it. If I do in the future, I will try and remember and play it for you. Um, hmm. But anyway, we'll have to do that another day. Um, let's see here. <laughs> yeah, Alan says, when David Rockefeller died, I thought the world would start to get better. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah, right. Uh, unfortunately, we're on a downhill spiral. And it's not going to get any better anytime soon uh, unless people start standing up and saying no. Um, hmm. Oh, well, I was just looking, I was trying to do a thing, a search online for Sasha and Masha, and it shows some pictures of them. But um, at least I'm assuming these are the same people. It's hard to say. But uh, nothing about the situation with the germ theory. Anyway, um let us continue. And just a reminder, we do have a, uh, a holiday special going on with the um, Care wands. You buy the original or first one for $350 at the regular price, and you can get a second one for $150. So you pay $500 for two instead of $700. And that's a uh, pretty good deal. They've never done anything like this before, and it's been quite the success. I've had lots and lots and lots and lots of people especially people that already have, you know, one or two or three wands uh, calling wanting to take advantage of that special. And um, anybody that wants to, even if you still, if you already have them, you can still get involved and still uh, purchase extras. So just keep that in mind. Merry Christmas, America. CDC now recommending face diapers to combat RSV and flu. They will never learn. Well, you know, the thing is, is the criminals keep pushing the same stuff because it keeps working. You know, I still go into grocery stores and, you know, all kinds of places and see people walking around. I was at uh, a license bureau yesterday helping a buddy get his uh, driver's license. And um, there was a bunch of people coming in one at a time with face diapers on. I'm thinking, what is wrong with you people? I feel like making up a one-page flyer or something that I, or a postcard or something that I can just hand to people to wear these things and say, do you realize that you are, you know, actively working towards making yourself sick by wearing these things and they do absolutely nothing positive for you? And, uh, you know, that's the thing. I when, when all this stuff started and they started pushing face diapers, I started researching like crazy. And I could not find a single study that supported the wearing of face masks, period even in surgery, and I've said this in the past, but I found one study where they took, you know, the same surgical team doing the same kind of surgeries. Uh, they did equal numbers, and they looked at post, uh, post-surgical infections. The teams, and the only thing that was different is in one batch, the team, the team was wearing face diapers, and in the other batch, the team didn't. And in the, believe it or not, 
the the group where the uh, surgeries were done without the surgery team wearing face diapers had fewer post-surgical infections than did the group wearing face diapers. So even in surgery, the only good thing those things do is if if somebody sneezes, it keeps you from blowing all kinds of goobers into this so-called sterile field. But the thing is, it's not germs <laughs> that's causing these things. That's the problem. Um, there's no proof whatsoever the germ theory is, is real. You know, whatever causes these post-surgical infections is something that the person has already in them. They're apt to have a some sort of a detox or something that they think is being caused by bacteria or whatnot, when in fact it's not. So anyway, it's it's just craziness. But uh, CDC is recommending this stuff, so guess what? People will be doing it. And I'm still seeing idiots running around driving in their cars all by themselves wearing a face diaper. The COVID death cult and is now urging Americans to wear face diaper coverings against the flu and respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, aside from the Wuhan coronavirus. CDC uh, COVID death cult director, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, issued the recommendation during a December 5th briefing. We also encourage you to wear high-quality, well-fitting face and uh, mask, a high-quality, well-fitting mask to prevent the spread of respiratory illnesses even though there's no proof whatsoever that they spread. <laughs> she said when discussing prevention measures for RSV and the flu. And the thing is, is, you know, these so-called physicians, so-called scientists, you would think that they would be the first ones to say, look, let's look at this stuff. Is there any reason? How, how did it come to be that we wear face diapers in hospitals? And I honestly believe there was never any study done. I think it was just some guy at one point decided, hey, it's probably a good idea to cover your face in surgery. And just with that thought, with no scientific backing whatsoever, that became the norm in the allopathic community. And it spread, unfortunately, to all other branches as well, it seems. And... Um, makes you wonder how is it that we started doing this and i would honestly bet if you could dig it dig back far enough you'd find that that's what it was some some guy at one point said hey we should put face masks on with no scientific backing whatsoever no proof that it would help and that not not hinder uh we just they just started doing it and it has become tradition tradition you know and everybody's doing it now with and nobody knows why they just have conjecture Oh, it stops the, the spread of bacteria and viruses. Well, viruses, wearing a face diaper to stop viruses is like putting up a chain link fence to stop mosquitoes. But in this case, the chain link is 14 foot wide. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that is the insanity of all this stuff. So even with their own thing, if they think that uh, COVID is caused by a virus, well, guess what? Face diapers ain't going to do anything, period. And they still push them anyway, like here, December 5th, even with all the stuff going on. Dingleberry Walensky says, yeah, we recommend this to stop all this stuff that we think is caused by viruses, which are so small they would fly right through the, you know, the, the paper and the whatever of these masks. Nothing stops them. 
But, you know, it is what it is. As uh, my mama says, stupid is as stupid does. And they're pretty stupid. And the thing is, is they keep doing it because, A, the generally dumb public will believe them, and, B, they make lots and lots of money at it. That's the whole thing. That's why the germ theory has gone as far as it has, because if you can keep people scared of these little things they can't see, there are markets upon markets upon markets that will spring up. You have the hand sanitizer market. You have the antibacterial soap market. You have the face diaper market. You have um, Clorox wipes market. You know, everything under the sun, not to mention the MDs. They can make so much money having people coming to them every time the kid gets a sniffle. And they'll jam them up on, you know, antibiotics. We'll give you this, give you that. You know, kids that are on amoxicillin 24-7 their entire lives, <laughs> you know, which is not helping them at all. And uh, it's not doing anything. You know, the, you know the, the interesting thing is, you know, if you get sick and you go to the doctor and he treats you, you can get better in about seven days. If you get sick and you don't go to the doctor and get any kind of treatment whatsoever, you'll either be, you'll get done in a week or less. <laughs> so, and, you know, the other thing is study that was covered in this, um, the book I'm reading, the Goodbye Germ Theory. Um, if you get cancer, get diagnosed by a physician and have their treatment, you have an average of about five years of life afterwards. If you get cancer and do absolutely nothing, your average life expectancy is 12 years. Hmm. I don't know about you, but in my book, 12 years is a little over twice as long as five years. So if I ever got cancer, which I'm not going to, but if I did, the last thing I would do is seek out treatment from an MD. Because if they're going to do anything, it's going to be short in my life. I think I want to live long. Well, I don't know. It might be in this day and age with all the crap going on, maybe a shorter life is a good thing. <laughs> and you look at everything that's going on. I just had a dear friend from church pass away the, uh, Tuesday afternoon. And I find myself, every time someone I know dies, I find myself envying them. Because of the stupidity going on in this world right now, it's like, beam me up, Scotty. I am ready to leave. <laughs> There's no intelligent life down here. It's crazy. But, you know, apparently God's still got stuff for me to do, so I'm stuck here for the duration. And part of that uh, probably is to tell the truth and spread the word as much as possible to avoid the American Murder Association, the COVID death cult, and uh, the Federal Death Administration, and all the other people out there trying to, you know, not extend your life, but make it shorter. Uh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Nick said, uh, can't understand why doctors wear face diapers for a long time in operating room. They have to breathe oxygen afterwards. Well, the thing is, operating rooms are special environments because they increase, they know, you know, they have done studies and they know that wearing a face diaper will reduce your oxygen levels. So they purposely increase the oxygen levels in operating rooms in order to offset the loss from wearing the face diaper. And that's the thing, you know, the same people should be smart enough to realize that oxygen oxidizes and gets bad stuff out of the air. 
So the very fact that being in an oxygen-rich environment would protect the person uh, in the surgery from infection and whatnot, you know, based on their alleged germ theory anyway. And that's all the more reason, you know, you should not have people wearing face diapers in surgery um, because they're not going to hurt anything. You have fewer post-operative infections and the people doing the surgery will not find themselves mentally deficient, you know, and prone, prone to making mistakes because their oxygen levels drop. <laughs> you know, the whole thing is a, is a total farce and it's all geared about making money. You know, make money, you know, it, and it covers up the screw-ups of the physicians at the same time. If you can blame it on, oh, that's an infection, you know, as opposed to the doctors not knowing what they're talking about and not catching something that someone had, uh, you know, some sort of toxicity that's causing these infections, you know, whatever the case might be. But there's no scientific evidence whatsoever to support face diapers anywhere. And like I said, the only thing might be to keep people from sneezing into the so-called sterile field. But even if they do, there's no proof that it's going to cause anything. You know, when when they purposely had people sneezing in each other's faces, one person one person had the so-called Spanish flu and none of the other people ever got it. Hmm. Well, what makes you think that they would get them now? It's crazy. And Alan says the reason for five-year life expectancy after cancer treatment is because chemochemicals can lay down dormant in the system until a rise of pH level, which would otherwise be healthy, <laughs> or certain other factors trigger a chemical reaction, which causes the chemochemicals to activate and do their true purpose of wasting away the person's muscles, etc. If you have cancer, someone in a secret society wants to kill you. This may seem absurd, but it seems more true the more I look into it. Oh, yeah. You know, there are people that, you know, every time somebody dies, they just wring their hands, jump up and down with glee. And uh, the sad part is, you know, these same people who are claiming there's way too many, the earth is overpopulated, which is bull, um, and that people need to die. They're never the ones that offer to go first. Because they're the intelligentsia, they need to be left around to make sure everything runs properly after we get rid of the worthless eaters. Disgusting sick society. But anyway, it is what it is, and people need to be aware of that. So anyway, let's see. Dr. Sandra Freihofer, a trustee of the American Metal Association, uh, said in a in the same briefing, "It's a perfect storm for a terrible holiday season." She added that the rising cases of RSV and the flu could increase even further in the week, coming weeks as American families gather for the holiday season. The warnings that uh, by Walensky and Fryhofer came amid most, almost every state, U.S. state recording very high flu levels. Hmm. Didn't have flu at all <laughs> for 20 and 21, but now they're back. Resurgence of the flu had been to blame on lockdowns, been blamed on lockdowns, mask mandates, and physical distancing measures during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Experts say that these measures to stem COVID-19 have deprived Americans of the chance to get exposed to these common viruses and develop their immune systems. Um, or hooey. <laughs> According to the public health agency, 11 states, California, Colorado, Kentucky, Nebraska, New Mexico, Ohio, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, and Washington, recorded the highest level of flu circulation. 
Meanwhile, only four states, Alaska, Michigan, New Hampshire, and Vermont, all very cold states, recorded low or minimal, minimal flu transmission levels. Aside from influenza, RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, continues to spread around the country, but has seen a slowdown in recent weeks. RSV can often accumulates alongside or circulates alongside the flu, but is usually overlooked as it possess, uh, poses little danger uh, or no danger to adults. The thing is, is all these things, and that's that's the beauty of the germ theory. They have all these different diseases, but remarkably, they all have the same symptomology. Hmm. And that's one of the tricks of the uh, vaccine people. You know, when they came out with the polio vaccine, from that point on, doctors were told that whatever happens when someone comes into your office with polio-like symptoms, you do not diagnose them with polio. You diagnose them with, hmm, let's see, multiple sclerosis or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, say that three times fast, um, transverse myelitis. They have all these different things with different names, but the same symptoms. Hmm, funny how that works. And that's how they say that vaccines stop polio because they're, we just stopped diagnosing polio. We just switched it to something else with the same with a different name, but the same symptoms. That's one of the tricks of the allopathic system and big pharma, because it couldn't possibly be polio because that person's been vaccinated against it. And if they got the vaccine, it's safe and effective. And by golly, there's no way they can possibly have polio. So they must have something else with the same symptoms, but a different name. Hmm. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's their story, and they're sticking to it. Anyway, young children, however, are, vul are vulnerable to this respiratory infection. Yeah, last night at church, we had somebody saying, little so-and-so is in the hospital with RSV. Pray for him. Yeah, pray that the doctors don't kill him while he's there is what we need to be praying for. Masking up appears to be the CDC's default response to outbreaks. Of course it is. It doesn't do any good, but it makes them everybody feel warm and fuzzy. It appears that making people wear face coverings is the CDC's default response to disease outbreaks. Oddly enough, it even urged traveling Americans to mask up against monkeypox. Uh, actually, it's moneypox. The K is silent. A uh, disease in which masks do little to stop transmission, just like all the rest. According to the original version of the CDC's travel advisory page, wearing a face diaper helps protect against many diseases, including monkeypox. Those infected with the disease and show respiratory symptoms were also urged to wear a surgical mask. Because, of course, you're going to go into surgery and cut into somebody and all that good stuff. If this is not feasible, other household members should consider wearing a surgical mask when in the presence of the person with monkeypox something that virtually nobody gets <laughs> unless you are in a country that pushes the Pfizer and Moderna mRNA jabs and you're homosexual. <laughs> but, you know, nobody talks about that stuff because that's the only place monkeypox has shown up is a place where the mRNA shots have been uh, injected into people and those people were homos. The same advisory uh, pointed out that the, um, disease spreads through contact with the skin lesions or bodily fluids of infected animals or humans or through contact with materials contaminated with the virus. Yeah, right. No proof of that whatsoever. 
In particular, sexual uh, contact between gay men appeared to be the number one vector of monkeypox spread, rendering advice to mask up unnecessary and useless. But that doesn't stop them from recommending it and people from following it. Backlash from the public eventually led to the CDC withdrawing its recommendation for travelers to mask up against monkeypox on June 7th. CBS News reporter Alex uh, Alexander Tin tweeted after adding the warning to a, a week ago or so ago, the CDC now appears to have removed its previous urging for travelers to don masks to curb monkeypox. Newsmax contributor Dr. David Samadhi, meanwhile, criticized the guidance in a tweet. I'm still trying to comprehend the CDC guidance to wear masks to slow the spread of monkeypox, he wrote. The disease is not airborne as of the moment. What exactly are the masks supposed to do in this case? <laughs> uh, it's not airborne because it never is. And that's the end of that one. Anywho, you know, one of the things uh, that I did want to hit today is uh, I covered it last week or the other. I can't remember when I covered it, but basically... Um, we mentioned little baby Will, who is the son of a couple of pa- uh, parents in New Zealand, who is about four months old and needs to have heart surgery. I think it's a heart transplant. They finally came out and said, but some sort of uh, drastic surgery. And the parents are making the common sense request that the surgery be done with untainted blood. Because, you know, in a situation like that, there's definitely going to be uh, blood transfusions. They can't just use the, uh, the blood of the baby. They have to have extra. And they're asking that the, um, the blood be un, from an uninjected people. And they have even gone so far as to line up their own donors, which is a common occurrence. And for some reason, the hospital is turning them down and saying, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with, you know, all blood's the same, regardless of whether it's been jabbed or not, which is a flat-out blatant lie. But on Tuesday of this week, there was a hearing in New Zealand, and the judge basically ruled that the hospital could kidnap the baby, do the surgery with whatever blood they came up with, despite the request and uh, wishes of the parents. And that's absolutely disgusting. But anyway, the, the it's hospital kidnaps baby because parents wanted unvaxxed blood supplied by donors. And they'd lined everybody up. And the thing is, normally, most people would say that's a great idea because that way we don't tax the, the blood supply. If we have someone that's got their own donors lined up, then there's plenty of blood for everybody else. And that's the way they should have been reacting to it. So why is it? that they are instead saying, absolutely not, we're going to do the surgery with the blood from the regular blood bank, you know, jabbed or unjabbed, whatever, it's all mixed together, and uh, it's perfectly safe, which is a flat-out, bold-faced lie. And I would venture to say that this little child is not long for this world. Personally, I think we're going to hear that uh, little baby Will has had the surgery, and they're going to say it's everything but, but it'll be complications, and he'll probably end up dying from heart problems, you know, where this blood has affected his new heart. Anyway, a court decision in New New Zealand 
which was Tuesday, allowed a hospital to take custody of a four-month-old baby, sim- baby simply because the parents wanted the hospital to use blood from their own donors who have not been injected with the mRNA shots for a heart surgery procedure. And they have another story. You know, oh, goodness, we're out of time. We'll put this in the chat room. We'll be back in three minutes to cover this rest away. Stick with us. We'll be back with the last segment of today's edition of your DIY Health. We'll be right back. TV and all you ever see is ask your doctor if it's right for you and me. So when you ask your doctor, what do you think he'll say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die, long as they get their piece of pie. Mm, my, my, my. And welcome back to the last segment of today's edition of Your DIY Health. And lo and behold, during the break, I was able to find, and where did it go? <laughs> I was able to find and scroll through that video and find the story of... Um, Sasha and I think Sasha and uh, anyway, I'm going to play this little clip here and then we'll get back into the story about uh, baby Will. Then we have the strange case of the two Russian conjoined twins, Masha and Dasha, who each had their own lungs and organs, but because their circulatory systems were interconnected, they shared the same blood. Dasha was always prone to colds, but not Masha. And as children, one would become ill with a childhood disease like measles, while the other would not. If the measles was a bug, it would have been in both of their bodies and in their collective bloodstream. So why didn't they both get the measles? This phenomenon was seen over and over again with the girls. Flus, colds, and other childhood diseases were all experienced separately, never together which would explain why neither Dr. Sellards of Johns Hopkins nor Dr. Hess of New York were able to transmit measles or chickenpox in all of their experiments because germ theory is nonsense pseudoscience. We'll get into what those really are later, but first, in order to address virology misconceptions and fraud, we need to address polio. After all, Didn't Dr. Salk's 1955 polio vaccine eradicate polio like we are all told? Well, only if Dr. Salk also invented a time machine to go back seven years to December 1948 and give out his vaccines, when polio cases were almost non-existent already, the exact same year when farmers stopped spraying food crops with lead arsenate pesticides when DDT became widely available. Unfortunately, it was short-lived. As it turned out, DDT was an even more dangerous neurotoxin than lead arsenate. 
And right after the mass crop spraying of DDT in early 1949, a new spike of polio cases suddenly arose that was 80% higher than the lead arsenate was causing. It didn't help that they were also spraying this neurotoxin on the streets, in the water supply, in their gardens, and even on people and children. The word poliomyelitis was coined from the Greek words polios, meaning gray, and myelos, meaning marrow, plus itis, which means inflammation. Thus, the word means inflammation of the gray matter of the spinal cord, the brain, or wherever in the body gray matter is found. Every cell in the human body contains a small amount of gray matter. Inflammation is the result of poisoning. This poisoning damage, decay, and disintegration of cell structure can result in paralysis and, in around 5 to 10% of cases, even death. As Dr. McBean points out, isolated germs have never been known or proven to attack and cause decay and disease in any part of the body. And so polio was never eradicated by Salk's vaccine because vaccines do not eradicate nervous system poisoning. Polio is not a virus. That is an unproven theory. It is a toxic inflammation disease that was simply rebranded or renamed into several other medical terms like Goulain-Barre syndrome, transverse myelitis, multiple sclerosis, and a few others that have the exact same poisoning symptoms of gray matter that polio did. So they can give credit to the vaccine for eradicating the disease and now blame a new disease for the damage their same vaccines are causing. There they are in Pfizer's nine page list of 1300 diseases their COVID-19 vaccine has caused worldwide. Goulain-Barre syndrome, multiple sclerosis, multiple sclerosis relapse, multiple sclerosis relapse prophylaxis, myelitis, and myelitis transverse, or transverse myelitis, or polio. We see this over and over again when sanitation and hygiene improvements, the stopping of certain vaccines and toxic medicines, or the removal of environmental toxins already has a disease on a downward trend toward eradication. And then they come out with a vaccine near the end of the trend and claim it eradicated that disease, as seen here in the U.S. and U.K. when the Salk polio vaccines came out in the late 1950s. Okay, I'm going to stop it there. Like I said, it's a over two and a half hour long video, and it's called The End of the Germ Theory, which is put out by um, uh, Space Busters, and you can find them on BitChute and on um, Rumble. So I encourage you to get that and watch the whole thing. But I just wanted to play that little bit just to kind of break down and uh, give a little bit extra support to what's going on here. And uh, we've been lied to once again, people. Imagine that. So back to baby Will. Uh, let's see here. Um, Former TV news reporter Liz Gunn, who was with uh, Free NZ Media, has uh, apparently been the only one giving the parents' side of the story, uh, and she gave a brief update shortly after the court's decision, and here's what she had to say. 
New Zealand, I have absolutely devastating news. I won't go into detail here, but Sam and Cole are having their baby taken off them by the New Zealand government, by the state. Little baby Will is going to be handed to Starship Hospital. I have come here to the studio to do a piece about Starship Hospital, who fabricated a situation this morning through absolute bullying to trump up a charge so that I could be trespassed for 48 hours. Obviously, this is part of the coordinated attack. They are psychologically attacking Sam. They are following her, intimidating her, and she does not feel safe there. There are still some good nurses, but the upper echelons, I believe, are working for somebody else and doing wrong. I will be able to explain this in a love letter to you. But meantime, I've just heard that this beautiful baby who never leaves his mother's side is going to be taken over by a hospital that his mother and father no longer have trust in. This is wrong on every level. Please, New Zealand, I asked you before, everybody, shoulders to the wheel, please double down on your efforts. We are going to need every single one of us to stand for this family, to stop this wrongdoing, to stand up to this government, even if it means getting this woman, Jacinda Ardern, out of government now and having a snap election to say she is no longer legitimate. There is no reason for this judgment. This little baby cannot have blood that the health department themselves in court finally admitted yesterday has traces of mRNA in it. mRNA is admitted by Pfizer itself to cause inflammatory conditions in the human body and particularly around the heart and particularly for boys' hearts. This baby is due to have a heart operation. If he has blood from the polluted New Zealand blood bank that has admitted that mRNA stays in the blood after someone's jabbed for up to 14 days, they finally admitted after denying, they admitted in court yesterday that that's the truth. They'd been lying to us. If that blood goes into little baby Will's heart, it could cause such inflammation that it compromises his heart and compromises the operation. This is why they have begged for their clean, non-jabbed donor blood that they've lined up to be used. And this government and this hospital and this health department and this New Zealand blood has gone against them in an act of such egregious tyranny. We will be dealing with it more in the next few days. Please help Please help call the Prime Minister, write letters, begin to form groups around the country of protest, ask for her resignation. Jacinda Ardern must go and this family must be saved. I'll be talking to you again soon. Sad situation. And um, the writer of this article has been uh, covering medical kidnapping for over a decade. And this story is a frightening warning about the world we now live in post-COVID-19, where science and facts are meaningless. And being on the side, or correct side of the political issue is all that matters. So-called courts of law all over the world now have ruled in favor of medical authorities, not based on evidence and facts, but based on political correctness. 
We've seen this in the U.S. where even the Supreme Court has upheld rulings on injection mandates, such as the ones in New York City, where uh, sports players and entertainers were exempt from COVID-19 injection mandates, but city employees such as police, firemen, sanitation workers, etc., were not exempted. These parents in, the New in New Zealand did not refuse medical treatment for their doctors, uh, nor their doctor's advice, according to their own testimony, but simply wanted to have uninjected blood supplied by approved pediatric donors. Common sense, something that is done all the time. But because there is another agenda here, it's being basically acted, looked at as a conspiracy theory craziness. You know, you're, you're, you're nuts if you want to do that. The doctors disagreed, saying that injected blood is perfectly safe, which is a total lie. And in the end, the parents apparently lost custody of their baby simply because they were labeled as conspiracy theorists and dared to disagree with the doctors. Well, the doctors are wrong more than they're right. <laughs> so that's a smart thing to do. The message these medical tyrants are sending to the rest of the world is very clear. Obey us or we will take your children away from you. But here there is, will be justice and justice is coming. Either not in, maybe not in this life, but in the next. But these people will pay the price. Simple as that. So anyway, um, wanted to cover the latest on a baby Will. And uh, I think the surgery was scheduled to actually take place today, if I remember right. Um, which is yesterday as far as uh, <laughs> uh, timing in uh, New Zealand goes, because they're a day ahead of us. But uh, one way or another... Um, Things are getting freakier and freakier as time goes by. So, um, you know, who knows where we're going to end up with all this. But uh, the fact that a, a court can just carte blanche, saying, nope, parents, it's not your kid. It's the states, and we'll do what we want. You know, it's insane. Absolutely unlawful, unconscionable, and more and more typical. 60,000 children injured and dead, along with 4,571 fetal deaths following COVID jabs. And those numbers are, again, based on VAERS and similar systems where less than 1% of all adverse events are ever reported. So if you're saying uh, 60,000 children injured and dead, multiply that by 100. Yeah, 60 million. Anyway, um, or 6 million, excuse me. Since publishing this article, Albert ben Benavides of VAERSAware.com uh, has contacted me to, sh to report how he found almost another 200 deaths of children following COVID injections in VAERS by searching for nearly half a million records uh, where the age field is, field is unknown but the age is revealed in the write-up section. Uh -huh. As of this, uh, the latest update to the U.S. government's vaccine adverse events reporting system, or VAERS, over 60,000 children have been reported as suffering injuries or death during, uh, following COVID-19 jabs. And again, less than 1% of those things were ever reported to VAERS. So multiply that by 100. 
found 60,001 cases where age uh, is under 18 and injection is COVID-19 or COVID-19-2. According to a study done in 2011 for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, less than 1% of all injection injuries are ever reported to VAERS. That means that we're probably looking at over 6 million cases of injuries and close to 20 million or 20,000 deaths in children following COVID-19 injections. When statistically, children have very little, if any, chance of ever dying from COVID. Exactly. But they force these things on them anyway. Even more horrifying than these statistics are the statistics in VAERS for fetal deaths following pregnant and childbearing women who received a COVID jab, which now stands at 4,571. Again, multiply that by 100 as of the latest update to VAERS. Good grief, man, I'll tell you what. That means that we're looking around 450,000 fetal deaths as a result of COVID-19 jabs. There you go. Using the exact same research we performed on COVID-19 injections to find abortions, stillbirths, and ectopic pregnancies for all FDA-approved vaccines for the previous 30-plus years, we find 2,245 reported cases or about 75 fetal deaths per year. Taking the total fetal deaths following COVID-19 injections for the year to uh, 2021, 3,791 fetal deaths, that is an increase of nearly 5,000% over the yearly average of fetal deaths following all COVID-approved or FDA-approved vaccines for the previous 30 years. Yeah, but they're safe and effective. Many doctors today are sounding the alarm over the tragic number of fetal deaths, but not enough but their voices are silenced in the corporate media. See, stop the infanticide, 5,000% increase in fetal deaths following COVID-19 jabs. And we can find one more doctor, um, or can add one more doctor to those we previously reported, Dr. Kimberly Biss in Florida, who has now gone public to announce that not only are they seeing an increase in miscarriages following COVID-19 jabs, but also an increase in infertility and cervical cancer. Uh, let's see what she has to say here. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm Kimberly Biss. I'm an OBGYN that practices in St. Pete, Florida. I can definitely say since the vaccine rollout started, we have seen in our practice a decrease in new OB numbers, which would be infertility by about 50%. We've also seen an increase in miscarriage rate by about 50%. And I would say there's probably about a 25% increase in abnormal pap smears as well as cervical malignancies in our area. And some teachers are now starting to come forward and publicly state that they are seeing an increase in sudden deaths among children in their schools. And here's a little recording on that. Dr. Mackis, I once again find myself, uh, you know, at a place where you're speaking. And today we were at the Independence Party of Alberta event and uh, it's just amazing that they're having doctors speak and people that are really awakened to what's going on. Uh, something you said was really astounding to me and you, you're you basically talking about that it's not just doctors that are dying but others are dying. That's right. Uh, it's not just doctors who are dying suddenly or unexpectedly. Of course, doctors are the most vaccinated young people. Um, most of them have had four shots, even five shots. Uh, they have to be fully vaccinated to be able to work. But it's, it's other professions that are seeing sudden deaths as well. We're seeing it in nurses, we're seeing it in paramedics, police, firefighters, 
but now we're even seeing it in teachers. I've recently been contacted by uh, an Alberta teacher who wishes to remain anonymous, but this individual told me that they've just lost a grade two student in their school. They've just lost suddenly, uh, sudden death. They've also lost a teacher in their 30s. Uh, teacher in their 30s, also sudden death, sudden cardiac death, and they are panicking. They are panicking. This is, um, you know, for them, this is unprecedented. And they've reached out to me and they said they've been silent. They've been silent up to now, but yes. they're seeing, they're seeing sudden deaths. They're seeing injuries. Kids are getting immune reactions, asthma. Um, they're having all kinds of reactions. They can't concentrate in class. Kids can't concentrate in class after the vaccination. So this is really, really worrying. And, and teachers are now starting to reach out to me and tell me what they're seeing in the classrooms. And the data just keeps um, growing and growing um, <clears throat> with respect to these clots and things that we're seeing. Absolutely. Now there's a new movie out that's going viral uh, called Died Suddenly, produced by Stu Peters. And it's got over 10 million views um, on Rumble. Uh, and they're showing uh, really these, these bizarre clots that are forming uh, in uh, people who've died following you know, the vaccination. Uh, it's not just regular blood clots. It's these long, rubbery, white, grayish blood clots that look like rubber bands or calamari. And there's actually research that's been done on this. Uh, scientists have taken blood. They've exposed it to the spike protein, and they saw right away the blood starts clumping almost immediately. As soon as it's exposed to the spike protein, it starts clumping immediately. Then you start getting all these proteins getting built into the blood clots, these amyloid proteins. They make amyloid fibrils and you end up with these long, long clots, very firm, very rubbery, and the body cannot degrade these clots. So the body is unable to, to break these clots down. And when people are put on blood thinners, the blood thinners don't work. So the doctors are discovering that regular blood thinners don't actually work on these clots. There you have it. And uh, teacher speaks out. I know two kids who died suddenly in the last three days seven-year-old and a 10-year-old girl, both no underlying health conditions. I'm a teacher of 12 years. I've never seen this. Hashtag stop the shots. Another one, kids just don't get myocarditis and have heart attacks and die. Hashtag stop the shots. For those wondering what happened, Danny and her sisters all had the flu around Remembrance Day. They all got over it. But last week, Danny seems like she was still fighting it a bit. Generally tired and cranky like a sick kid. Wednesday early morning, uh, we could see she wasn't doing well. And Teresa uh, Dressa brought her to the children's, I'm assuming the hospital. Around lunchtime, Dressa asked me to bring uh, the other girls to grand grandma's and come see her. Danny was uh, being moved to the ICU. When I got there, we uh, now knew that she had myocarditis as a result of the flu. <laughs> Not the shot, but the flu. Yeah, right. The flu gives you myocarditis. Bullcrap. She was given IV medicine to try and help her heart. By evening um, with us in the room, her heart stopped and doctors uh, started CPR. We were rushed out of the room uh, for what felt like, and it's a, that's the end of the thing, it, I don't think I can click on this and make it open up anymore. No, unfortunately, it was just a um, screenshot of a posting. Cute little girl. 
you know, long life ahead of her and um, not anymore. Good grief. And a lot of other people responding and posting. I hope more teachers will break the silence. Children all over the world have been dying suddenly and unexpectedly since the mRNA bioweapon rollout. And parents, what are you thinking? You know, don't just believe these idiots, doctors and whatnot. You've got to think on your own. You know, how many kids do you know that got sick from COVID and didn't have anything bad happen to them? Why on earth would you give them a jab for something they don't have a threat from in the first place? Recent stories about children who died suddenly. Barry dies a 14-year-old student from fulminating heart attack. Headmaster, there is a boom in sudden illness. A sad Monday for the school community of the high school Marjorana in the South San Paulo district of Barry, wherever that is. (laughs) Um, A student just 14 years old died of fulminating heart attack. Uh, The news that shocked teachers and students who on their return from the Sunday break learned that the tragic event that took place outside the classrooms. The same principal of the Institute, uh, Paolo Petrozelli, reported it, who expressed the condolences on Facebook for the death of a very young student. This morning, it was very sad to get to school and know that one of our students flew uh, flew to heaven for, for a fulminating heart attack wrote the institution's manager on social media or networks. A life of smiles, of goals, of challenges, of loves that will not exist. One less life, one of the many at this time when heart attacks are increasingly increasing exponentially. Every week is a war bulletin, but nobody seems to notice it. Atchill Island Boy, 14, dies weeks after getting first dose of Pfizer COVID injection. Inquest hears. 14-year-old boy died three weeks after his uh, Pfizer COVID injection and inquest is heard. The death was described by uh, Jao Mayo uh, coroner Pat O'Connor in an issue of his uh, uh, significant public concern. Family members held hands as the inquest into the death of Joseph McGinty of HL Island got underway at Castlebar Courthouse. A request uh, for safety information from COVID-19 injection manufacturer Pfizer is to form part of the considerable investigation to be conducted into the death. A teenager, a second year uh, school student, was vaccinated with the Pfizer COVID-19 jab on August 20th, 2021. He died at home just over three weeks later on September 13th, 2021. The teenager suffered significant medical deterioration following the administration of the jab. The inquest heard he was hospitalized on on September 1st and stayed overnight at Mayo Clinic Hospital before he was discharged the following day. He attended attended hospital again. Well, we're out of time. We'll be back Tuesday. Same bad time, same bad channel. Have a wonderful weekend. Take care, everybody. This is the only place you have to live. See you soon. God bless you.